All right. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Ellie Rader with Professional Humans. I'm here with Aileen Guiney and our guests, Denise, Linford, and Gabriel. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Hi, Ellie. Hi. Great. Well, so we brought together some of the guests that were with us back in June in a larger panel discussion that we hosted with the university in partnership with the University of Minnesota when we were diving in um, here in Minneapolis on the topic of racism at work. And um, when we started this conversation, um, honestly, the, the week after, uh, it was the week after Minneapolis was on fire with rioting. Um, riots were beginning around the country. It was a very, very intense time. Um, we hadn't yet made it through the presidential election and there were some uh, racial concerns associated with that. Uh, so it's been a, a crazy few months. Um, and today what we'd like to do is we brought Denise Linford and, and Gabriel back for more conversation just to talk about um, you know, has anything changed since then? And, and to hear some of the stories of, of their experiences in the workplace in, in um, experiencing interacting with allies or, or not interacting with allies or people who are trying to be but aren't, aren't great at it yet and, and what that's like. And, and we're trying to, as we transition into a new year, oh, thank God, um, transition into broadening our, our topics on this podcast back out to um, more professional development and career uh, topics, we really want to make sure that we're bringing with us the lessons that we've learned in this series on racism so that we can begin to normalize or continue to try to normalize um, eliminating bias and, and racial tension from the workplace as we all try to become um, better professional humans. So that's the setup for today. And really where we want to start is um, what's different, what has changed or what has happened since we talked in June? And, and I think Denise, did you want to kick us off with a story? Yeah. Um, so Denise here, I would say that, um, you know, at the time of our first conversation, um, emotions were very high. People were very um, concerned. Um, and the result of that was, of course, we had many plans put into place um, for how to make things better, right? And we had um, a lot of people donating to different organizations. So that was great. Um, I would say now, though, the things that have kind of survived the test of time, I guess, um, are the more focused initiatives that um, I know, like from my office, we came together. Of course, we had the discussion about it. It was very open, um, but then there was really a big push for, okay, but what what next? Like, yes, we're, we're all here, we're talking about it. Yes, we can donate here and there, but what next? And our solution was um, creating pillars for our office. There's an education pillar, there's an action pillar. Um, and basically these are just groups within our office that are now, that's just added to their day-to-day -day jobs. On a weekly or bi-weekly um, cadence, we get together and just discuss, okay, what are we teaching the office today? Um, and what kind of actions for the community are we gonna do? 
Um, so that has been positive. I think also um, when it comes down to kind of dealing with recruiting um, and plans for 2021 and, and what people want the um, firm and office to look like, um, it's a lot less taboo now to mention, well, how many people of color are in this group? How many underrepresented people of color? Like we can now, um, it's not a shocker to anyone when this question comes up, um, which is good, right? We've we've now um, created a space where like, that's, that's an expected question. And if no one asks, somebody is gonna ask. Um, and that really changes the culture um, of the working environment. So I would say the, that's kind of the biggest impact now that we can bring these things up and it's not, uh, we don't really have to think twice about it. Yeah, so. that, that's great to hear, Denise. And uh, for the audience, Denise and I work in the same place. Um, I learned this week that we eliminated the referral program in the recruiting process, which I thought was amazing and a really big step because mm -hmm. we used to have a, a referral program. It was determined that that actually just drives more people who look like yes. everybody else into, exactly. into the pipeline and we want a different pipeline. So they said, all right, well, that's over. And I thought that was awesome. So. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I mean, of course we still have um, a ways to go. Yeah. Um, but I think the progress made so far is it's promising. Yeah, agree. Denise, do you feel like the the education pillar has been beneficial, or or, or you think the the right things are be taught are being taught? I feel like when I've seen those initiatives come into work, sometimes they're really beneficial when we bring in someone from the outside. Right. But sometimes that always can't happen, or and yeah. I've seen it fall short. I, I'd love your opinion on how that part's going. For sure. So the education pillar is always a tougher one to do because you can easily fall into a trap of kind of just watching and learning about the same things over and over again. Um, so mm -hmm. for example, um, for one of the events, we wanted to do a movie night. Um, and instead of choosing something, you know, um, 13th off of Netflix, you know, that's very targeted towards this conversation. Um, it's more of like, where can we, what kind of movie can we find that's not like outright racist? Um, but just because of the time that it was created, like it actually was kind of racist, you know, things like that, or um, movies that glorify um, police and like their brutality that like make it seem like that's a cool thing and kind of looking at those. So more so getting creative about like, how do we reframe some of these conversations um, so that people don't fall into the same, like, okay, so now we're gonna watch a slavery um, movie and then we're gonna read this anti-slavery book, you know? Um, so yeah, it, but it has been, it, that one's a little tougher um, to do. Um, especially since at the time there's so much information going on, like going around and floating around about like everything. Um, so it was kind of like we were um, kind of drinking from a fire hose there, um, trying yeah. to pick which things would be most impactful. Um, but yeah, I would say just like finding a, a way to like reframe things so, so that the lessons aren't as obvious. Sure. It sounds like you've had momentum, which is great. Um, 
Gabriel or Linford, have you guys also experienced momentum? And then I think one additional question I have is, is that momentum coming from the top of the organization or is it more organically coming from other employees? Yeah, I could take this one. Um, so my situation is kind of unique. Um, I switch roles or switch companies um, during the pandemic. Um, so I could, I could answer the question in two parts. So a lot of it from my old company, my previous company seemed to come from the top. Um, you had a lot of conversation of initiatives and plans that you, that you want to do, will do. Um, so I will say, you know, we have seen that conversation being happen. With my new company coming in, um, I was a part of those early discussions, but there is a lot of emails going around of how, how can we be more inclusive? How can we talk about diversity? And one thing I have noticed is representation. A lot of previous promotional videos, um, you could see one person of color, right? And it's now you've seen that they're trying an active effort to show different people. I don't know if it's, it's intentional, if it's their part, but it's being now looking back at it it seems like if wow they're trying to show us more people than just the one person that you typically see so from that point of view i think it's a good thing um the only concern i have though being that we're now working remote um what you see or what's talked about i don't know if that's the same thing in the office setting um because what you see in video what is presented to you paints a different picture versus what actually is going on day to day um, and even though we have, you know, WebEx, Zoom, all these different avenues, you're still not able to see the entire organization. So a lot of it is still, for me, is still being skeptical, to be honest with you. Um, I, I appreciate the talking, I appreciate the visuals, but I don't know what's actually going on ground level, not being in the office. Do you have any examples of experiences at your new company that have made you feel like it wasn't inclusive or or things that kind of made you go, um, I don't know about that. No, I can't say that as of yet. I think it's just more of um, a lot of it is talk and mm -hmm. being skeptical again. You know, I have seen a lot of talking. Um, I like to see action. Yeah. Um, so everyone speaks a good game. Everyone says the right thing. Um, but, you know, going back to your point with the referral program is, um, I think the referral program could be good or bad, meaning that, you know, if I was to refer someone, most likely I'm going to refer someone of color. Um, so with my new company, you know, we still have the referral program. So I think, you know, it's a good thing to see, you know, if I want to refer someone, you know, they might take it seriously, but I don't know what I'm looking. I don't know what it is actually to be there. And I'm being new. I can't speak to it. But I have, I can't say it's anything bad, which is a good thing. You know, it's they're mm -hmm. saying the right things, um, and to me, that's a first and that's important. But what does this look like? You know, six months from now, because a lot mm -hmm. of the talk right now is it's around COVID. Um, there hasn't been a lot of talk around you know diversity and inclusion, but being that they're making sure they keep mentioning it and say you know we are a diverse organization, um, so that's we want to keep at the forefront. But at the same time with COVID and COVID rightly so has to be at the forefront. I want to see how is that going to look, you know, six months from now. Mm -hmm. How about you, Gabriel? So I'm also in the unique position of, of being displaced from work uh, due to the pandemic. So I can't speak to it from an organizational perspective. I can just speak to it more so from what I've seen in my friend circles and through uh, certain projects with 
um, work and, and stuff. And I can certainly say, at least at the, the U of M, a lot of my managerial classes or classes about working and like strategic organization, things like that, they've done a pretty good job of having uh, a substantial amount of content that's about um, dealing with implicit biases and, and how that impacts how you recruit and structure teams and, and all of basically the, the trappings of being a human um, that, that we deal with. So in that respect, it's been good. I think in my social circles and just what I see, I don't know, I guess in, in online and in media and, and the things that I follow and the people I follow, it feels like there's a drop in, in urgency, but I also feel like that's unfortunately kind of uh, natural with, with humans because as much as we like to think of ourselves as, as rational, we're, we're so emotional. And so we get moved by symbols much more quickly and, and get a sense of urgency rather than understanding like, oh, this is a epidemic that's been there for forever that we need to deal with. So it's, it's not surprising to me. And I think part of it that I think I, maybe it feels like there's a lack of urgency to me is just because so much of it is, is um, so much of the progress that is being made isn't like things where there's like a definite tangible result in the moment, like to Denise's point, um, having a process is, is crucial to, to, you know, eventually getting to a tangible result, but the process doesn't feel as, as I don't know, like substantial or even just getting back to that emotional complexity that we have of, oh, I can't say this feels like there's change yet, but you look around, I think there's, um, have you guys heard of this 15% pledge? Um, essentially it's a, I think it's a nonprofit and they, they, Basically, uh, the basis is that 15% of the population is, is black. That lets get retailers to commit to having 15% of the shelf space be black owned businesses, which is great. Awesome, awesome, um, super simple uh, initiative. And since I think it came, I didn't hear of it until after the, the murder of George Floyd. So I assume it's coming out of that. And that's what it seems like it, it has been. Since then, Sephora has signed up, I think Macy's, um, Bloomingdale's, and a couple other bigger organizations that, you know, shows, okay, this is progress in some capacity. And so there's things that are happening out there, but it definitely feels like um, there's been a slight drop in urgency. Um, and just because of everything else that's been happening as well. And that was probably always going to happen, but it seems like enough groups to Denise's point are putting things in place, putting processes in place that are going to lead to an, uh, progress, hopefully in the longer run. Yeah, it seems like it. I, I think, you know, my, my fear was that it was going to lose momentum. I think that's, you're right, Gabriel, it's, it's inevitable, as, especially as we've gone through so many things this year, and there's just fatigue and, you know, mental health breakdown, physical breakdown, um, pretty, um, pretty widespread. So I, I think it's, 
um, I think it'll be interesting uh, to, to see what happens as we start to come out of our homes again. Hopefully this vaccine that they're starting to administer will start to help us um, get to that place. And it'll be interesting to see what happens when we're all working in the office together um, again. A colleague pointed out to me last week that the the playing field is actually very level right now. We're all we're all at home. Like access is equal right now. There aren't meetings at bars, hopefully, um, <laughs> where you know people are are excluded and and left out of important conversations. We're all just kind of here on Zoom all the time, or or not, and and so. I thought that was really interesting. And I, I hope that we've been at this long enough um, with that level playing field that it continues um, once we all come back into the office together. But um, like Linford, I'm probably on the skeptical end of the spectrum. I don't want to be, but I... You know, you know Ellie, one thing you mentioned, and I have a question for our, our guests is, I was reminded of a phrase that um, progress moves at the speed of trust. And I was thinking about trust when we're back in the office. Um, and let's put, let's try to put COVID aside for a second. I'm curious if you guys feel like um, there is more or less trust since, I mean, I, let's call it from George Floyd's murder or let's call it from the election I mean, there's been some really pivotal um, sort of racially charged moments for us. And I'm, I'm really curious how you guys are feeling about trust. Um, and I'm talking about with your coworkers and with your employer. Uh, I'll go, that's a great question. Um, it's a loaded question too. Um, I would say, for me, the trust is low, um, just because where I work, there's not a lot of people of color. Um, so for me, it's gonna be hard to say that I'm gonna, I'm very trusting. Um, so for me, especially with the election and what's going on, everyone has a pain and everyone has a right to feel a certain way. But for me, it's kind of hard to, we all see the same thing and yet still we have different reaction to it. Um, and I know a lot of it is due to background. A lot of it is due to your personal experiences. So I think for me, going back to the office is kind of like starting over again. You have to build up that relationship all over again of what do you stand for? Um, how do I approach you? What certain things do I have to say? So for me, that trust factor is, is going to have to be low just because we need to level the playing field again. Because now you've been at home, you've been by yourself, you've been siloed. Um, you feel a certain way. You might you know, want to express yourself a certain way. And now going back into the office, we have to kind of like build back some of those norms. And right or wrong, those norms might not be what we should, to, should be building back, but we have to get work done at the office. So I think for me, it's low, um, just seeing what's going on with the with the election and actually that's still technically going on for some people. Um, so for me, it's just gonna have to start over. And quick question um, for clarification. Do you mean um, like trusting, in, like trust in what kind of way? Like, do I trust that um, my colleagues do want to make this change or do I trust that the firm does ultimately want to do this and kind of like that? Gosh, we could go for hours. I think I'll, <laughs> I'll, 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 what I, I, at the start, what I'm really interested in is, 
if we are gaining momentum, yeah, is that momentum translating into trust? Because you know, trust has got more mileage on it, and um, I'm curious if that's something you feel so has increased. I don't know if this is the right answer. <laughs> oh, there's certainly um, no right answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in this situation, to be honest, I feel like because we are on um, the better side of history and because we're doing what, you know, is collectively right. Like I think people genuinely, you know, they realize like, okay, we need to do something about it. Because we're doing the ring, um, trust from individuals to me doesn't so much matter. It's like I can, and, and, and maybe that's just because this, um, this year for me more than anything has just shown like people, people are going to think the way that they want to. Um, and whether it's with politics or racial injustice, um, or even believing in wearing a mask. Um, and it, it, it can be a waste of your time trying to um, understand that, right? And trying to, I guess in this, this area, focus in on like, how do I create a more trusting relationship with these people? Um, what I see is like, well, as long as we know like that we're trying to do the right thing i don't i mean i don't care if, if um somebody along the way wants to be an antibody to the success because honestly like you can't <laughs> i mean i did what we're gonna sit around and we can't kumbaya for like another six months you know so it's like get on board or like you can sit quiet because unless you want to stand up and tell everybody that this is dumb and we're not doing this like by all means you can go ahead and do that. I don't know how much longer you'll be <laughs> like with us, you know, but it's like, I don't like at this point, trust, it, it's nice. That sounds really nice. It sounds like a really good um, thing to have with like coworkers. But um, these days I've just been a lot more like mission oriented um, than people because people are just, <laughs> They, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's so much work and so much of a responsibility to try to put on yourself to, um, you know. Denise, I'm, I'm hearing. Know. So that's why I say, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'm, I'm hearing kind of a monumental shift in, in how you're talking about work since the last time you were on the show. And, and I don't know if you, if you're, conscious of it or if it's just happening it's evolving in you but you know when I said um, back in June I made a comment that that was it was more about um, uh, what's the word gender at work and I was like they need women so they need me in a leadership role so I'm you know like I'm gonna worry less about getting in trouble and your reaction was I I would never think that um and it sounds, it sounds amazing to hear you say now to have this confidence and say, if you're not on board, like that's your problem. Cause I, because I, <laughs> I, I, and I love it. It's, that's exactly what needs to happen is you need to, 
But I want to hear that confidence in you that we need you. We need you at the table. We need your voice. And if people don't like it, they can suck it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And um, I don't, I, I mean, I, a lot has happened since um, our last conversation Um, just with these like huge divides with the, again the election and um covid so it's like yeah i mean i don't know i guess the world <laughs> rubbed it off on me a little bit um but yeah it's great is it just me linford gabriel are you hearing this <laughs> yeah it's I, I definitely understand how it would rub off on you uh it's uh, been a strange year and I think I need to adopt more of that attitude because I go through the motions of uh, I don't know trying to rational not rationalizing but feeling like how can I not be somewhat empathetic to someone who's you know screaming outside of a voting station stop the count which is obviously absurd but in, in if I really try to put myself in that position and think of, okay, I've been following this faction of, let's say I'm on social media and I'm only seeing this sort of content delivered to me through an algorithm and I just have this sort of uh, ideology that is bubbled inside of me, not by choice, but kind of I've been subjected to, um, how do I not have some empathy for that? But at the same time, I think, you kind of have to say, screw it. And sorry, like if you're not on the, if you're not on this train, then we're leaving you at the station. Cause uh, I don't know, it's, it is, it is absurd. And so I need, I need some of that <laughs> juice basically. I think it's drinking. right now it's just, cause I'm, I'm definitely a huge empath. Um, right now is a hard time to be an empath. I will say that. Um, at some point, like, I mean, my cup was empty. I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have anything else to um, give and I needed some of that for myself and kind of what I believe in. So getting a little selfish, but I don't <laughs> no, know if that's to. bad. <laughs> no, you I need to. You need... That's fantastic. Yeah. Linford, how about you? Um, Man, I think I'm kind of with Gabe in a sense where like, Denise, I hear you. Trust me, I'm the same. That's why I said, like, my trust is low. Um, but at the same time, I'm trying to make sure I'm still able to listen to the other side because I don't want to become the other side in a sense where, okay, my views, the way I'm thinking about things is the right way. Either, you know, get lost or, you know. So it's 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 trying to find a balance. But to your question, Aileen, it's, I, you have to start over because there's so much that happened this year and it's just like, how could I have trust where I need to know where everyone stands in a sense. So for me, it's just, yeah. it's like building all over again, unfortunately. You know, I, I tend to agree. I, I think, you know, the, one of the biggest challenges is in some ways it's easier in this virtual disconnected environment because, you know, most of our action is either in person, impersonal, excuse me, or on our private time. Mm-hmm. And, and so I don't know, like, the opportunity for lip service is really high. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, yep. uh, and when we get back in person, I'm really curious to see what, um, you know, what the action momentum is. 
which is which is why I'm I'm pretty curious about this trust idea. I think we have got trust built up in the bank, um, but I think it could go away quickly if it's not um, used when we're mm -hmm. all back in person, whatever that is. Whatever, whatever it is, whatever our <laughs> timeline for transitioning back. I don't even know if I could find the office at this point, but um, or know how to bring enough things with me to be away from my home for eight eight hours or more. <laughs> I've not done that in in many months. Anyway, as we, I'd like each of you to kind of weigh in on this last question as we wrap up. Um, as we think about that transition, what's a thing we can practice now? Is there, is there a thing we can practice in these interactions where it is less, less, you know, as you put it, alien, more impersonal? Um, is there a thing we can practice on Zoom that will prepare us for being in person and, and having that, that trust? Um, this is something that I heard like two years ago, and um, they were saying that how we have to be more intentional. So the idea is that, you know, like, for example, like we, we're here talking now, you know, everyone has their own lives, but, you know, like, do we remember something that Gabe said or something that did, 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 did Denise said so that next time we speak to them, you know, it means like we actually truly care about what they said. So I think what we have to practice now going back to the offices, um, really try to get a to know our, our coworkers um, a little better because by showing our intention, um, it shows that we're actually genuine and it kind of starts to build that trust <laughs> that we that we want to have to go back. But I think we need to be more intentional with when we interact with people. It's not just, hi, how are you doing? How was your day? Did you get a job done? It's more, you know, how actually, how are you doing? You know, how are the kids? How is working from home? How is, you know, being able to go back into the office? You know, like, do we really understand what everyone is going through? And I know we mentioned that, you know, it's all a playing field but sometimes the work at home is not really level it's really different for some people um they don't have that peace at home that is from like going to the office so i think if we try to be intentional about getting to know people it will help us build this trust and help us going forward you know getting to know what the different struggles that we're dealing with yeah that's really important linford that's a great point gabriel what's your what's your takeaway what are you going to practice well to, well, to to add on to Linford's point, I think in trying to remember um, something that we all talked about, I I will never, I think, get Denise's story about the your coworker grabbing your hair in the fashion in the way that they did, and I it stuck with me. Like I cringe every Can few months thinking <laughs> about it. I, I I can't imagine watching it happen. I can't imagine having it done to me. I just, it's, it's, yeah, uh, I definitely remember that. So um, in, in that spirit, um, definitely will, I'm sure I'll remember a few things from this conversation as well, but um, things we can do, I, I'll talk from at least my perspective and, and something that I've been trying to really be conscious of and intentional about to steal from Linford again um, in different group projects I've been involved with now is, is you know, recognizing my privilege and, and the biases that I bring into every conversation and um, the biases that other people might bring. And so, you know, there was one, one project I was working on this within a couple months now that I had actually had kind of like sought out people to work on the project with me and so in in essence was kind of 
being being the project leader on it. And so I'm having to kind of moderate the conversation as we're developing it. And it's, you know, it's probably more specific to this situation and in, in being a one-off thing and not having built relationships with these people beforehand. But I was finding it really difficult of myself, another man and a, and a woman, um, asking questions to the group to try to have conversations and have one person, the man, speak over the woman often when, honestly, the woman was, was if not the most, well, the most, uh, experience out of all of us in this category that we're trying to do. And so I'm finding, trying to find the balance of how do I make sure I'm calling on her and moderating the conversation, like responding to these comments and not dominating the conversation from that perspective. I was a struggle for me to do just, just given that dynamic, but I think keeping that top of mind and more things I work on is only going to make me better at it and, and help improve the situation for everyone. I think keeping inclusiveness top of mind and knowing that it has better benefit to the projects that you're working on outside of just being, I don't know, politically correct for lack of a better term, like it adds value. And once you do engage uh, in projects like that, you see the value come through and, and it's easy to remember. It just becomes more natural, I think. All right. Yeah. My yeah. Sake. Thank you, Gabriel. Thank you for remembering to use your privilege in that way. I think it's really important. Um, Denise, bring us home. <laughs> um, so I would say something I'm going to be working on, and I kind of challenge others to do as well. Um, when we're having these conversations around um, race, be it you know, um, you do surveys and um, you figure out, you know, what percentages of this you have and what percentages of that. Um, making sure to then ask, so what? Um, or like, so now what? You know, like making sure that um, there's some type of action that's being put behind. And in that same vein, make sure, like, don't just take your first no. Um, for the answer, right? I mean, it's it's very easy to be like, well, I asked and I tried, but they said no. So, you know, I guess we're not going to do this program or I guess we're not going to recruit from this school or whatever. Um, just realizing that like, just like in life, there are many different ways to do the same thing. So um, if your one way doesn't work, like keep going at it. But um, yeah just like just focusing on the action and making it happen honestly um because it does take targeted effort and um you know sometimes if you just preach it to people um and it's kind of a thing where they feel like they're forced to do it or they kind of have to or they don't have like much passion behind it um it's a lot easier for them to just be like oh no or whatever but you have to kind of make sure you keep that passion um and keep pushing and and keep trying to find different avenues um, to do those things. Yeah, thank you, Denise. I have full confidence in your ability to take action. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm trying. Well, trying. Um, this has been great, uh, a great way to wrap up um, what we feel has been a really important um, series of important topics to dive into and, and really appreciate all of you being vulnerable and, and open throughout these conversations and sharing your stories. Um, we've gotten a lot of feedback 
over the last few months that they've they're really making it's really making a difference for people. So thank you uh, very much, and um, we will hope to stay in touch with you as you you go out um, to your places and transition. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's a wrap, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you.